Welcome to the Gaggle Podcast, where we bring you inside the newsroom to talk Arizona politics beyond what's in print. I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez, a reporter at the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. Joining me this week at the Arizona Republic's main newsroom in downtown Phoenix in a fancy conference room called the Sidebar are... Dustin Gardner. I cover the state legislature and the state election system. Rebecca Sanders. I'm a consumer investigations reporter and county government reporter. And Ron Hansen. I cover the congressional delegation. This week on The Gaggle, everyone is worried about whether or not their vote will actually be counted in the 2018 elections. And if you aren't worried, maybe you should be. Federal authorities gave a briefing recently that um, gave an indication that they've been gathering intelligence on attempts to potentially influence uh, the nation's midterm elections from uh, foreign influencers. Elections officials from both the state and county seem to be painting a less dire kind of picture as to as to what could come. What were your key takeaways from that, Dustin? I mean, it's not surprising the state's always painted a rosy picture of this. Uh, Secretary of State Michelle Reagan has always painted that rosy picture. Um, but, you know, there are lingering concerns. I mean, you know, there was a pretty dire warning given by national intelligence, intelligence officials that there is an ongoing effort by Russia to hack uh, elections across the country. Um, in Arizona, you know, Secretary Reagan has said that the state has made significant improvements to secure its system in the last year. But, you know, we don't know what sort of vulnerabilities still might exist and what sort of ongoing specific attacks um, the feds are telling them to be watching out for. During that briefing, authorities indicated that they had sent to election officials uh, various things to watch for, standards, suspicious activities that could potentially portend a problem. Can we get that sort of information from election officials here in Arizona? I mean, Secretary Reagan says that the feds are constantly sending them advice about things to be on the lookout for, but obviously, you know, they're not putting it out there, what sort of specific threats and targets they're getting. Secretary Reagan said that her office is constantly in contact with the feds. They're, you know, constantly receiving information about the types of targeting and threats that are out there. But obviously, her office doesn't want to put that information um, out to the public. Um, But we do know, you know, there's numerous attempts to try to hack state government every day. Her office told me, you know, it's thousands of attempts every month, whether it's infected emails or scanning of the systems. It's just an ongoing, constant threat. An example of um, why election officials may be keeping things close to the vest is that uh, last year, uh, Maricopa County recorder Adrian Fontes announced with great fanfare that he was going to uh, hire white hat hackers to test the county's election system and look for vulnerabilities. And he found out that the IT officials at the county said, please stop talking about this because we received more attempts at hacking from bad actors than we've ever had before. And so he learned to kind of keep those efforts under wraps. We've asked for correspondence from federal officials to um, the Secretary of State's office um, about the 2018 alleged interference efforts, uh, but we never received anything from them, correct? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. This really has the feel of sort of the terror alerts uh, a decade ago when we go to, you know, code orange or code red or something along those lines. And there's a noticeable lack of specificity as to what it is that we're even supposed to do with all this. And I think election officials 
um, are understandably wary about putting out to the public any kind of information that would say exactly how vulnerable they are, what, what kinds of things are troubling them. We have some basic sense of the shape of these things from issues that really are just administration issues uh, more than they are security issues, but uh, they also point to, you know, sort of bigger problems. And, uh, for example, we've seen uh, Rebecca relating to these electronic polling books and, and problems identifying people at voting locations, not seeing them, and, and those books not being uh, matching the paper registration as well. It was it was more that the failure of technology can sometimes leave you in the lurch. Um, you know, the county recorder's office implemented uh, some new types of electronic poll books to check voters into the polls, and those were really efficient when they were working. But uh, in a couple of instances, they froze or they crashed or or what have you, and then they didn't have the paper poll books as a backup at the polling place, and it took a couple of hours to get those electronic versions up and running. So it's interesting because on the one hand, we do see technology bringing us efficiencies and convenience for voting, but on the other hand, um, like anytime your computer has crashed, sometimes it just goes haywire. The state has also, and presumably, I'm, I'm sure the county as well, has been trying to develop stronger um, password safeguards to protect this information. They have done various things to try to um, develop a new statewide registration database and ensure that it is protected. How can people really know that that information, which presumably includes, you know, sensitive private information, where you live, maybe your driver's license numbers, sometimes social security numbers. How do you really know that that information is safe? You know, you don't, for sure. I mean, th there have been t attempts to hack the statewide database. Secretary Reagan, you know, said that the incident in 2016 where a Gila County employee had their password and login stolen, that that was a big wake-up call for the state. Um, and since that time, the state has made some pretty significant changes. Um, county employees who log into the statewide database have to have a key fob. They have stronger passwords. And Reagan even revealed to me that um, some county employees had very weak passwords. One um, county employee in Gila County had a password that was literally password one. Um, and that was as recent as 2016. Oh, no. so, <laughs> so I need to change my password. <laughs> wow. So, so things have apparently come a long way. But, you know, I mean, there are still vulnerabilities. And, you know, Reagan told me the state's database is a dinosaur. It's more than 20 years old. They've made some changes to get us through this election cycle, and they're very eager to get a new system in place before 2020. So how much money are we talking about? Like, what 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 specifically do they want? Because they have been talking about hoping to get this new system for years, and we're talking about a state that is beleaguered with antiquated systems. I mean, the DCS, one of their child services, child help services, I mean, it's 30 years old, and it's like a patchwork of aging software and technology that they will never fix. Like, at, at some point, when do you just replace the, the thing and stop trying to fix the old one? 
Yeah, and I think that's the secretary's thinking. Uh, the state is investing about $2.9 million in this new system that uh, the counties will feed into. Maricopa and Pima counties will still have their own uh, voter, voter registration databases, but they will feed into that state system. Um, a lot of that $2.9 million is coming from federal funds while there's been fights in Congress over how much Democrats and Republicans want to allocate to election security. Arizona did get money to help cover that. Um, and, you know, they, they are building a new system with a consultant from the ground up. Um, the hope is that, that this will be built with cybersecurity in mind, and that will ease a lot of the concerns that Reagan and others have. Um, but, you know, no system is perfect. And I think there, you know, there have been issues in the past um, with Reagan's office and launching new technology. Um, should she be reelected, you know, this rollout could be a very long, um, potentially um, problematic process. In Maricopa County, um, when we uh, had budget presentations this spring, uh, the county recorder's office was asking for somewhere around the neighborhood of $10 million to update their systems, particularly their voting machines, which are going on, I think, a decade or more. Um, And they were looking at pretty uh, significant changes to the kind of equipment that they were proposing to replace um, the aging equipment with. And the Board of Supervisors, you know, emphasized, we will do what it takes um, to, you know, get the system into the, the state that it needs to be because voting is so important. But also, let's just look at those numbers a little more carefully. So I think we'll see more discussions over the next year. So we all know what election day looks like, right? We come in and our cell phones and our emails start pinging because voters are calling in to report all kinds of what they deem suspicious activity at the polls. Rebecca, what should voters watch out for uh, as they are showing up in person and then also early voting? Um, as as you know, early voting makes up about, well, now the majority of the way votes are, are cast. So can you give us some, some tips? Right. So if you're voting by mail, a um, couple of things to uh, watch out for is, you know, don't put your ballot in your mailbox the night before. It's just best to put it in there in the morning so there's less chance of someone taking it. Another is that you can sign up for text message alerts or email alerts um, where the elections office will tell you your ballot has been sent, we've received your ballot back and your ballot has been counted. And you can um, get those alerts by going to recorder.maricopa.gov slash subscriptions whether on your mobile phone or um, from your computer. And if you don't let, you know, if you're not, if you don't have a computer or you don't do text messaging, you can also call the county elections headquarters anytime you want to ask, has my ballot been sent? Have you received it? Has it been counted? And that phone number is 602-506-1511. So again, to sign up for text and email, you can go to recorder.maricopa.gov slash subscriptions, or you can call 602-506-1511. There is also a requirement that your signature be on the back of your ballot. I have to admit that the other day I was trying to get our ballots in the mail and the thought crossed my mind, (laughs) you know, can I sign for my husband? Obviously, I cannot. So people need to know that that signature has to be on their ballot, correct? 
That's right. So if you get early ballots in the mail, um, you'll see on the green envelope on the front that you need to sign an affidavit that this is you. And um, they're very strict at the elections office about comparing that signature to the signature on your voter registration card, which might be decades old. And so if you think that your signature has significantly changed over that time, um, you can always um, call the elections office or go down to the elections office and update that signature. Um, but also the technicians in the elections office know that they can compare you know, previous ballot signatures and kind of see progression over time. So if it's close enough, they may let it go through. Um, if they rule your signature invalid, um, if it's before election day, they will um, send you a letter in the mail that tells you your signature was ruled invalid. You need to come down to the elections office and, um, you know, verify that this is you. So you will get notification if it's before election day. But if your ballot um, is arriving at the elections office on election day, they're so busy that they are not going to have the time to alert you ahead of time and your ballot will not be counted. But they will still send you a, a letter that tells you, sorry, you know, this time your ballot didn't count because your signature didn't match, so you need to update it. So either way, you will be notified. Also, just be careful that when you're uh, mailing your ballot, your early ballot back, that you do it within enough time for it to arrive on election day. This is a mistake a lot of people make. They put it in the mail on Saturday, and it may or may not get there, so you probably want to send it on Wednesday or Thursday or hold on to it and drop it off on election day. You don't have to wait in line. You can just walk right up. I remember getting a phone call on election night. I think it was 2008. No, it was 2012. Karen Osborne called me wanting to verify my signature. I was on deadline with the story That's about amazing. the county sheriff's race. It was really insane, and I was a little freaked out. Um, and if you're voting in person, you know, make sure you have your identification uh, with you. And if you don't, you can vote a provisional ballot and come back to county headquarters to show your identification. Um, you know, other things include no one's supposed to be um, po po politicking, you know, within 75 feet of the polling place. So if you feel harassed, you know, you can go inside and talk to a poll worker and report it. But usually everyone is pretty good about that. Um, and we're always looking for, are there lines? Are there equipment breakages? Um, did you, you know, were they not able to find you at your regular polling place? All those things can be reported to the county recorder, but we'd also be interested in hearing those concerns. So what do you do if you show up on August 28th and your name isn't on the voter rolls? Well, they do, as we noted, they have an electronic system, which is a lot better now that should have everyone who's registered to vote in the county. So um, a lot of times what happened in the past is someone would move and forget to update their address 
go to their old polling place and they'd say, well, we don't have you here. And uh, that made for a lot of confusion. But now with these electronic poll books, they're actually able to have you update your address in real time at the polling place. And then you're set to go and vote at that polling place. Um, or if you know, you're at the wrong location, they can direct you to the right one to go to. There's, they're also implementing in Maricopa County ballot centers which are slightly different than polling places in that anyone can vote there. And so those um, are sometimes more convenient if you don't know where to go. Um, yeah, I think it's worth pointing out that a lot of these concerns about Russia and hacking of elections, we're not talking about vote tabulations. Generally speaking, elections officials aren't as concerned about that. Um, some you know, security experts disagree with that. Um, but generally speaking, we're talking about voter registration information. So a, a big thing you can do to make sure you know, you're secure is to check your registration ahead of time. If you go to voter.azsos.gov, you can actually search by your name and birth, of, birth date and make sure that you have the right ad- address and party registration in there ahead of time. Because everything is always political, um, Michelle Reagan um, on the election side is getting beat up about election integrity systems under her watch. What is uh, the message, the campaign message from her political uh, Republican rival, uh, Steve Gaynor? Yeah, so th- this has been a huge spat in the Secretary of State's race. Gaynor has really been hitting Reagan over a settlement her office made in a case dealing with voter registration for federal elections. There's a different set of standards for federal and state elections. Actually, to vote in federal elections, you don't have to provide documentary proof of citizenship, um, like a driver's license or birth certificate. You have to provide that for state elections. Um, In the past, Reagan's office would toss out the voter registration of anyone who filled out a state form um, but did not provide the ID. Um, Her um, office was sued over that by some voter groups that were concerned that people who would be eligible to vote in federal elections weren't getting counted. So basically, she settled and said that people who fill out the state form and don't provide ID will still be registered for federal elections. Gaynor has been hammering her on that, basically saying that that was a move that would allow um, undocumented immigrants to vote in elections. She's saying that's a mischaracterization and that federal law tied her hands. But this has been a very hot issue and has kind of um, evoked a lot of immigration debate in the Secretary of State's race, which is typically not a race um, where immigration is a big issue. Well, we will be following your reporting closely on this race. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Gaggle podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Yvonne Winget. I'm at Dustin Gardner, and that's G-A-R-D-I-N-E-R. And I'm at Rebecca L. Sanders. That are, that's R-E-B-E-K-A-H. And you can follow me at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Thanks to the politics team and our consumer reporter and our, also our new producer, Lauren Aguirre, Heads up, we have a special guest coming in for a very special edition of the Arizona Election Show and The Gaggle. He's sometimes referred to as the billionaire villain from California who's trying to meddle in Arizona's elections. Quick programming note, we're going to start posting each episode on Monday so you can start your week up to date on the state's top political news. There's one caveat. We're going to push the episode the week of the election back to Wednesday so we can bring you really good analysis about what we saw on election night. Please subscribe to the show and review it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play. We'll see you next week.